Take your Bible, go to Acts 18 and verse 18. Thank you, choir. John, I think we ought to do that with the whole church one Sunday. I think we can learn that and do it, so uh, that'd be fun, sing that song together. Amen. Acts 18, and we'll begin reading in a moment. In verse 18, this is the last message that I'm preaching about to Antioch, and this is Paul's last trip to Antioch and through Antioch. And uh, he's not coming back to Antioch. He's headed to Rome. He doesn't know it, but to uh, Roman cell. Uh, but there are things he learned at Antioch, did in Antioch, that uh, I want us to look at in the message entitled Increasing Community Strength, Strengthening uh, the Community of the Church. And in a moment, we'll read Acts 18, verses 18 through 23. But just before we get there, I want us to pause and pray for the Ukraine this morning. So many have been praying uh, for several days. And asking for God's favor, and we know that uh, the king of a land, is uh, uh, he's in the hands of our Lord. He can turn him like he turns a channel of water, and uh, so we're praying for peace. I want to pray for pastors across the Ukraine, and uh, I'm going to tell you, the church is strong in the Ukraine. A uh, lot of believers been there, and they've been through the war, and so I want you to pray for God's strength, pray for God's peace. We were praying early this morning with some of our deacons, and uh, one of my uh, good men, our good men, uh, deacon asked me, he said, Pastor, can I ask a question? I said, yeah. He said, is it wrong to pray for God to kill him? I said, well, I hope not because I prayed that yesterday. Uh, but I hasten to say, Lord, either that way or another way, do your purpose. Get your glory. Uh, this may be a time to bring us on our knees to pray together uh, like nothing's done in a while. So uh, I want us just to pause and pray for a moment. And I'm going to ask you, just by yourself, either lay your head over on that cap rail or slip out on your knees or just sit, however you want to pray. I want you to pray for the peace of the land, for God to end uh, the situation uh, in a peaceful way. Uh, that we would uh, see the hand of God in the name of Christ glorified, the church strengthened, uh, and the world a better place uh, tomorrow than it is today. And uh, you just pray for God to intervene, and then I'm going to lead us uh, and vocalize our prayer before we read Acts 18. So just take a moment and uh, be still before the Lord, and let's make God's house a house of prayer and cry out unto Him for our brothers and sisters in the Ukraine. Dear Prince of Peace, we come before you today. You've told us to ask and to seek and to knock, and Lord, we're coming on behalf of the Ukrainian people, pastors, Christians, churches, citizens. Lord, we pray for that land. Help them walk by faith and I pray that you would thwart this enemy that has come against them and turn them back and grant victory to those that are resisting. Confound 
those Russian troops. Blind them by your glory. And unite the forces of the Ukraine and others. God bring peace, we pray. Lord, I think of that sweet lady in our choir that's from the Ukraine. And she's got family there trying to get out. Grant her peace this morning. Give that family safety. I think of our Romanian friends that we're trying to support. Opening that border. For those in Poland doing the same, we pray God for women and children coming across that border. We pray for the president of Ukraine, strengthen him, mayors and others that lead. We pray, God, that you would bring an end to this evil conflict, that you would crush it. We ask you, God, however you want to do it, just do that, we pray. And get glory under your name for it. And we ask by faith, believing in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, I know you've been praying, and I ask you to continue uh, to do so. Thank you for what you've given already this morning uh, to help our friends, and some of you will continue to do that. And there's been a great outpouring uh, of your gifts to help those children uh, as they uh, come out of that uh, war region. Well, we're in Acts 18, uh, talking about the strength of the Lord, uh, making the community strong. And we want to talk about strength uh, this day. We're in Acts 18, verse 18, and I began reading there and read through verse 23. You listen now because this is the word of our great God. Paul, having remained many days longer, took leave of the brethren and put out to sea for Syria. And with him were Priscilla and Aquila. In Centuria, he had his hair cut for he was keeping a vow. You can read Deuteronomy 6 and learn more about that. They came to Ephesus and he left them there. Now he himself entered the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. And when they asked him to stay for a longer time, he did not consent, but taking leave of them and saying, I will return to you again if God wills. And he set sail for Ephesus. And when he had landed at Caesarea, he went up and greeted the church and went down to Antioch. And having spent some time there, he left and passed successfully through the Galatian region in Phrygia. And then notice this line, strengthening all the disciples. You find that little phrase again and again in the work of Paul. It's overlooked a lot, but I want to show it to you. You've got your Bible open. Just turn back three or four pages to Acts 14. Acts 14 and verse 21. When they'd preached the gospel to that city and then made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and Iconium to Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples. Look in chapter 15, verse 30. So when they sent away, they went down to Antioch, and having gathered the congregation together, they delivered the letter. And when they had read it, they rejoiced because of its encouragement. Judas and Silas, also being prophets themselves, encouraged and strengthened the brethren. Chapter 16 and verse number 5. So the churches were being strengthened 
in the faith and were increasing in number daily. And then in our text today in chapter 18 and verse 23, we know that as they went through that region, they were strengthening the disciples. We must strengthen believers, strengthen churches to put steel into the church. 30 times the Bible says, be strong, be strong, be strong. And we know that many times it tags be strong with be strong and courageous. Don't fear, be strong, be strong. 30 times plus you will find that phrase, be strong, be strong. George Washington, who was a general and then uh, regards the father of our nation and its first president, his wife's name was Mary, and many people reading after her know that she was a woman of faith. But Mary had one thing that frightened her, storms. Bad weather bothered Mary Washington. One biographer writes that during one storm, she went in and got on her knees, and her daughter, Betty, came in asking, Mother, are you okay? And she responded to her, Betty, my trust is in God, but sometimes my fears are stronger than my faith. Hmm. If we're honest, we'd all say we've had seasons where our fears were stronger than our faith. But to overcome and to find strength, we must be gripping God's promises rather than griping about our problems. Grip God's promise rather than gripe about your problems. Paul, when he got ready to tell the Ephesians to put on the full armor, those six pieces of the Roman uh, armor, that became spiritual armor then, of course. He said in Ephesians 6, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. And I want us to think about that phrase today with this strengthening, strengthening of the disciples and strengthening of the churches. Those are the two phrases uh, that are used. I want us to think about being strong in the Lord today. Let me just enumerate a few things for you, uh, thinking about this strengthening of the church community. First of all, I, I want to submit to you what I simply call the source, the source of strength. Where does our strength come from? Well, if you've been a Christian for a year or more, you probably know that verse in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13 where it says, I can do all things, and some people want to put a period there. <laughs> You can't do all things. The Bible says that I can do all things, Paul did, uh, through him who strengthens me. Amen. There, there are many people that are listening to me today that are wise. There are wise people in this room. There are merciful people in this room. There are people who are filled with mercy. There are mighty people in this room today. They're strong. But dear friend, be reminded, there is only one who is all wise. There is only one who is known as all merciful. 
There's only one that we call almighty. You are limited. And there will come struggles to your soul that are above your pay grade and your capability. Therefore, you need another source of strength. Moses said it in Exodus 15 too, the Lord is my strength. David said it in Psalm 28, 7, the Lord is my strength. Isaiah said it in chapter 12 and verse 2, the Lord is my strength. And in that wonderful old passage in Habakkuk, Chapter 3, verses 18 and 19, Habakkuk said, the Lord is my strength. You got your Bible there? Just keep your finger there at Acts. And I want you to go over to the book of Joshua for just a moment. Many of you know these verses, but I want you to look at it with me again. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 6, just listen to this. You know the story. Joshua, he's been shoved into the commander role. <laughs> he wasn't really looking for it, but it, he was given an assignment. You got to lead these people across the Jordan River and in the promised land. Here's what the Lord said to him. Joshua, be strong and courageous. For you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only Joshua, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. And do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that's written in it for then you will, will make your way prosperous and then you will have success. Have I not commanded you a third time? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble. Don't be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. See, the source of our strength is not ourself. The source of our strength is God Almighty. God Almighty, when God calls you to love when you can't love somebody, you need the all-merciful God to be merciful. When He calls on you to do something that your might can't do, you need Almighty to be within you. When you have something above your wisdom pay grade, you need the one who is all-wise. He's the source of our strength. Which leads me quickly to talk to you about the struggle for strength. When Paul said in Ephesians 6 and 10 that finally be strong in the Lord, he dropped down to verse 12, and then he said, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and against powers, against the world forces of darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Now, don't miss this. Listen to me. Okay, finish your text and put sin. Now listen right here to me. Here's your struggle. This is the struggle for strength. The struggle that we have is believing in our own abilities rather than trusting Jesus for his capability. That's the struggle. We think we can when we know we can't. And we must 
surrender by faith. Well, what, Jesus said it. You're following Jesus, aren't you? Jesus said in John 15, 5, apart from me, you can do how much? Hmm. Nothing. You see, the struggle is I can. No. No. The struggle is to bow in brokenness to say, oh God, I can't. But you can. Christ in me and through me, the Lord is my strength. I'm not my strength. I can't do it. That's our struggle to think we can. So how do we get to that place? So I want to submit to you what I call the steps towards strength. What are the steps we take? So take your Bible. Everybody open your Bible because you're going to underline this if you haven't underlined it already. I want to give you the five steps towards strength that I want to show you. They're, they're easy, they're simple, but application is another deal. 1 Corinthians 16, 1 Corinthians 16, I believe this is a great pathway to the strength of God. In 1 Corinthians 16, verses 13 and 14, you ought to memorize these verses, underline them in your Bible, put them on your mirror, and, and say, Lord, make these real in my life. Paul said to the church at Corinth, be on the alert. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. And let all that you do be done in love. You want to go to strength? One, two, three, four, five, five things I want you to see. Five steps toward strength. Number one, be alert. Be alert. Pay attention to spiritual things. Open your eyes to spiritual things. Turn off media and turn on meditation. Turn off the outside source and open the inside source. Be on the alert. Watch and you'll be able to discern where you're weak and he is strong. Be on the alert. Be on the alert. Look up. Secondly, Stand firm in the faith. Don't doubt. Don't drift. Don't wander away from the things of God. But stand firm in the faith. Hebrews speaks a lot about drifting. It speaks of a boat untied from the dock and drifting off. That happened to us today, the other day on our little pond. We got a little paddle boat and I looked up and I said to my wife, I said, did you tie the boat up? Well, yeah. I said, well, you didn't do very well. I said, there it is. I said, who's going to get that? She said, I don't know. I said, the one what tied it up, that's who's got to go get it. Well, the pond's not very big, so it'll drift over all the way to the side, and it did. But, you know, if you, if you unlash yourself, from the rock of your salvation, you will drift. Stand firm in the faith. Number three, act like men. Now, the context of this is in question. 
When Paul said act like men, did that mean act like a man, not a woman? Or did it mean act like a man, not a child? The answer to that is yes. Act like a man. Now, now let me just walk way out here on a limber board. Men and women are not the same. One has babies, one does not have babies. We got lots of kids in here. One uses a urinal. Another one uses a toilet. I am a biology minor from college. I know these things. And you've seen all that where the guys are transitioning to women and running and swimming and winning races. And then you've seen where the women are transitioning to men and winning all the male rate. No, me either. <laughs> now, this, there's a real struggle, but, but let me tell you, that is just stupid. We, 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 have, we have walked into perversion. It doesn't mean you're not kind. And short. Look, people struggle. I understand the struggle. But just because there's a struggle does not mean you can back up. There's a standard as well as a struggle. And Paul says act like men. So when you go to the Ukraine, who are they taking across the border into Poland and Romania? Women and children. And they're telling the men, no, you got a role. Now, I'm not telling you that women can't fight and are not strong. I'm saying it at all. There are some elderly Ukrainian women that have been through that stuff, and they're not leaving. And if you come to their house, God pity you so. They'll deal with you. I understand. I've met some of those Romanian women. Scared me to death. They all got a rag tied around their head down here in a knot. And then, uh, but the issue here is that men need to step up and lead the way. Act like men. Yesterday was the three-year anniversary of the death of my father. I posted his picture, social media, and I quoted this verse. Paul says, act like men. Here's one that did. Being a man is, is not macho and cussing and drinking and fighting and That's a renegade. 
That's a perverted masculinity. A man of God bows before the Lord and stands up with a backbone of steel. He loves when it's not popular. He doesn't abuse his kids. He loves his kids. They think, oh, this male stuff. Hmm. Be a man after God's own heart. Don't be a woman, but don't be a child. Children, didn't you love that little girl on the screen? Now, I'm redheaded, and if I'd have done that, you wouldn't have liked it. <laughs> Why is that? Because children, they just, you, you, well, it just is. You love them. And when they're five, it, that's wonderful. But when you're 50, you're supposed to grow up. Act like a man. Grow up. Don't be childish. Paul said, I've put away childish things. And I've decided to become a man after God's own heart. That's what this old world needs. That, that's how you run to strength, is that you act like a man. You, you're not whipping everybody and macho and look at me and, you know. It's the strength on the inside. president of the Ukraine. What a story he's been lately. Hmm. He was an actor and a comedian and became a politician. <laughs> that fits. <laughs> but when it got hard and outside forces came and said, we will get you out I mean, everybody can quote him because his one line was, I don't need a ride, I need ammo. Amen. And people are lining up behind a comedian. It's acting like a man. I also found it interesting he was Jewish and he's now an Orthodox Christian in the Eastern Orthodox Church. I look forward to reading his book one day because there will be one. Whether he lives or dies, there'll be a book. And we'll know more. Gentlemen, ladies, the, the principle here is maturation. Grow up. Act like a man. Be alert. Stand firm. Number four, be strong, not weak. Don't melt. Don't lose your spine. Be strong in the Lord. You can't, but he can. Stand when the world's on fire and watch God be strong on your behalf. Amen. And then number five, be alert, stand firm. Act like men, be strong. And verse 14 is the fifth one. Let all you do be done in love. Amen. 
Real strength is agape love, and that's this word here, agape. For love bears all things, believes all things, endures all things, because love, what? Never fails. Now by the faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Why is love the greatest? Because it lasts the longest. One day we're going to heaven, won't need faith. One day we're going to heaven, won't need hope. But when we get to heaven, we'll still have love. It'll be a compassionate place. To love like Jesus loves. The woman at the well, the lady married all those times, Jesus calls her to purity and loves her to a thieving man up a tree. Jesus loved him, called him to righteousness to a fisherman who was loud-mouthed and thought he was a man. God called him to follow him and made a real man out of him. To an old Pharisee that thought he was macho by standing and killing Christians. God called him and made him the writer of Scripture and the prophet of the New Testament church. He put a love burning, hallelujah, a blaze in his soul. As you see, if I've preached something you don't like today, if you're right with Jesus, you have to love me. You do. That's what he says. And if you disagree, I happen to love you. It's what makes the house of God the house of God. It's the love of the brethren, heart to heart, soul to soul. Now I want to show you an illustration of this, then give an invitation. Invite you to come to faith in Christ. You got your Bible? Turn to the fifth chapter of Acts, just a few pages back. Go to Acts chapter 5. I want you to look with me. Now, Acts 5. Here's the strength of God. It, it's on display in Acts 5, beginning in verse 27. After I read and just say a word or two, and we're going to give an invitation, I'm going to invite you to come. You're here without Jesus today. You've never received Christ. You ought to be saved. Jesus gave his life for you. If you cry out to him, he'd save you. You're here and ought to join this church, then come as others have and say, yes, I want to be a part of the Olive Fellowship. Amen. We invite you to come. In Acts chapter 5, verse 27, and when they brought them, they stood them before the council. Uh-oh. And the high priest started asking questions. And he said, we gave you strict orders not to continue teaching in this name, and yet you fill Jerusalem with your teaching and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than men. Strong in the Lord. Do we love men? Yeah. But we're not going to obey men over what God says. Now, what would you do when they tell you, shut up? Hmm. Just go quietly? The real 
emphasis in what I read is not obeying God rather than men. It's back up in verse 28 where the accusation came from the high priest to Peter and others and said, you dudes have filled Jerusalem with your teaching. Listen, this is the new, the new vision of this church. Our job is to fill Pensacola with the gospel. Our job is to fill Escambia and Santa Rosa County with the gospel. Our job is to fill Northwest Florida with the gospel. So how do we do it? One by one, sharing. I, I was I was down here getting gas the other day. I pulled in to fill up my car. I'd just been to the bank and got a loan, and I went down to fill up my car. <laughs> hey, it's going to get worse before it gets better, I'm telling you. And, and, and so I pulled in. I'm filling up. And, and this Lincoln pulled in. Old Lincoln Continental. It's as long as these two pews put together right here. I, it should have had more tires on it. I mean, it, it's one of those old, long ones. Had Scripture written all over it. <laughs> and there's two old boys. One of them had gone in to buy something, the other standing there. And they had Scripture all down their pant leg and on their shirt and their hat and tattooed on their neck. And I mean, it was repent and turn or burn, and Jesus is Lord, and I'm, it's just everywhere. And then there was a woman with them, and she was at the back fender of that car, and she had some old boy been up around that, and son, she was giving it to him. I'm, and he was just like this. And I mean, she is wearing him out. Now, these folks were, I've, I had to repent. I, I was in a hurry. I I've wished a thousand times I'd have gone over and just had a conversation just to know who they were. But I didn't, and, and I went over. They, they were not from here. Their license plates were mailed. They were just passing through. But, boy, they, they, were, they were doing it their way. Now, the way they do it is not the way I do it, okay? I, I don't do it that way. Uh, even our friends that stand on the street corner. I live right next door to the Old Testament professor at that school. I saw him yesterday. He just got over COVID, by the way praying for him. I've had some people here in our church, I say, Pastor, can you not stop those people from screaming out there on the street corner? And I said, well, no, I really can't. I mean, it's a public sidewalk. And, uh, and I said, and by the way, I, I, I like the way they do it better than the way you don't do it. Yep. <laughs> now, I don't do it that way. That's not the way I do it. But our job is to fill this city with the gospel. Amen. That's your job. Where you go to school, you're supposed to fill your school with the gospel. You say, they won't let me. They can't keep you from it if you're a student. Where you work, you say, well, you got to be careful. Okay, well, be careful. But you know when and where you can't. Walking from that car into that building, giving out that track, sharing. Our job is to share the gospel and fill this city with the teaching of Jesus. 
Amen. It's what it's supposed to be about. And the reason we don't, because we're weak. We've got to learn to be strong in the Lord. And you can't on your own until you fall on your face before God. And He is in you and through you. I had a friend this week told me he shared the gospel with a guy and he asked him, he said, if you were to die right now, would heaven be your home? And the guy said, no, you cannot fall out of a ditch. And he said, I looked and said, what? I, I've been doing this a long time. I never heard that, he said. The guy said, no, you can't fall out of a ditch. You got to crawl out of a ditch. What he was saying is that he believed the way to get right with God is on your own. You could crawl. Friend, you cannot crawl out of that ditch. The gospel is that Jesus went in the ditch and got you and brought you out of the ditch. That's the gospel. That's the good. What you couldn't do for yourself, Jesus did. And he'd save you today if you call on his name. That's the good news. And we share that with people in our places of business, in our schools, in our streets, in our recreation, where we are as God gives opportunity. We are to fill the streets with the teaching that Jesus is Lord. And the only reason we don't do it is we're weak. Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. And He will give you power to do what needs to be done. You're here today without Christ. We invite you to come. You're here without a church and want to be a part of our family. We invite you to come. And then I did last week, and I'm going to again today because I, I just sense maybe it'd be good. If, if you're here and you, not for somebody else, but for you, you are standing in need of a physical healing. If you come right here and let me know, I'll have somebody come lay hands on you and pray for you and agree with you and ask God to be your healer and give you strength through the journey. I'm going to pray. John will sing, and when he sings, without Christ, come, come. Need a church? Come. Tell me, right here. Need somebody to pray over you for a physical issue? Come. We'll pray over you this day. We did that last week. I got an email from a lady. She told me, she said, Pastor, I don't know what happened. She said, I went down there with my knee with a problem, and the doctor and said, I went to the doctor this week, and I don't have a problem this week. She said, I, I can only tell you, I believe God touched me. I said, well, that's over my pay grade. My job is to believe and pray. God does the touching. Maybe God will touch you today. He calls you to come. I'm going to pray. As soon as I say amen, you get up. You can even come while I'm praying. Come, come, come. Father, thank you for your word. And thank you for your strength. Lord, thank you that when I am weak, you are strong. Thank you, Lord, when I cannot, you can. Lord, thank you for those that think they could never be saved. They can because of your grace. Lord, I pray you'll touch us, you heal us. And again, we pray that you touch our world with peace. Have your way in this invitation now in Jesus' name. Amen.